Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast. The podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. Although it sounds to me like Anthony and Julia are going to do all they can to suck the Christmas joy out of all of us tonight. I'm Tom, and I have no intention of doing that. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony, and I'm sorry that the movie did this to me and Julia in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving week, y'all. That's so exciting. You know what I'd be thankful for? What would you Non-Jack and any co-hosts. I know what you are thankful for, though. You're thankful that your mom and grandma are in town, right? I am, and I'm thankful that we are recording a week early so that... uh, (laughs) You can enjoy that. I can enjoy them. That's right. That's right. Uh, And I have a a 17-year-old nephew coming, which may or may not be enjoyable, as Julia can attest to, being around teenagers all the time. Is he bringing a girlfriend or anything? No. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, Julia? Um, Let's see. We'll do our regular just us for thanksgiving day which i'm excited about and i'm hoping we will also be putting up our outside christmas decorations that day and then black friday is when we get together with my husband's family um so we'll get to see some family it'll be good that's very cool that sounds very nice what about you uh mom and dad are having dinner at their house for uh my dad's parents my mom's mom my mom's sisters my dad's sister niece and nephew their kid i mean sarah my sister and her boyfriend are working they're in a hospital so they work wow. either thanksgiving or christmas yeah and uh you normally we spend it with dad's side of the family thanksgiving but um oh. not this mom's year. side's gonna mount mom's side's gonna crash well yeah well yeah so mom's side is, you know, people get older, it's less people now, so mom's having it for her side, and mm-hmm. some of dad's side, because the rest of dad's side uh, is uh, not vaccinated, so. So they're not invited? Well, normally we go up there, so we are not going up there. Yes, correct. I see. Their hosting privileges have been revoked. Correct. Their Anthony privileges have been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> I will say what a nice, nicer experience this Thanksgiving will be knowing my kids are halfway protected. 
When do they get when do they get number two? The little ones. They get number two two days after Thanksgiving. So by Christmas That's they exciting. will be locked and loaded. I'm pretty excited. So from my own from my own parent anxieties, I'm feeling much better about this one. Anthony, um, I'm sure you understand where we're coming from with this. I don't want to be beleaguer the point, but Ellie gets her final upgrade to 5g on december 2nd and we also could not be more happy about her having the mark of the beast flowing through her blood as sub as somebody who's in the telecom industry and installs 5g everywhere you're welcome um well i'm not thanking you your blood didn't make this happen the way that uh, bill gates did so my thanks is to him and him alone uh and dolly parton she did moderna did you guys get Moderna? Yeah. No. Well, kids, kids didn't, but kids I did. can't get Moderna yet. So. But we have Ellie's first play date with other kids, like in a relaxed, fun environment, scheduled now. That's she must be so excited. She's so excited. We're gonna go with her She's godmother fast. and uh, her other her two godsons, who are good friends of our, their parents, are good friends of us. All of our families and her godmother are gonna go to the lights at Philbrook museum outside after ellie gets her her upgrade that's awesome man i wish my internet would get better out of this uh yeah i'm not noticing a terrible terrible improvement in my life at all nothing look nothing will stick to me i've been (laughs) trying every day since my vaccine i'm starting to think those people talking about this vaccine and all the problems with it may not be telling me the truth imagine that yeah you know what I'm thankful for? That new Spider-Man trailer that dropped like half an hour ago. I watched which it. Which looked amazing. It does look amazing. I still have my same suspicions lord about Doctor Strange. That he's not real Doctor Strange. That <laughs> it's that it's you know him. <laughs> oh, that's Mephisto? That's Mephisto. <laughs> Every time I think about it now, that article you sent me makes me laugh. I don't know if it was an article, I, uh, the meme, whatever. I'll tell you my suspicions. They edited Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield out of that trailer because there's that shot where Tom Holland is like launching himself at the lizard and Sandman. Yes, you think Electro. there's actually two other ones launching themselves at the Sandman as well? Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at it, the lizard. He's going above the lizard, and the lizard is jumping, and then it looks like he gets punched something. in the face from the wind. He's like the wind; it's, he just goes boom, and like no one's there. So clearly, it's one of the other Spider-Man. It was just edited out. I need to rewatch that. That would make more sense but, because right before that, he says something like, "Somebody's got to do it," or "Not, not all of us can survive." But he doesn't say that. But he says something like that, and that's when I thought I would see old Toby and Andrew. But guess what? Didn't. You know what? And I'm fine with that. Save some, we all know they're going to be in it. Just save it for the movie. I don't need to see another trailer now. I do. I need three more trailers, at least, before it comes out. Uh, I'm just loving uh, all these Hocus Pocus stuff videos. The fact they're singing One Way or Another by Blondie in this new movie. Instead <laughs> of I put a spell on you. That is super it's amazing. <laughs> and it also just fits when you look at the lyrics. It does. I'm going to get you. Get you, get you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Bette Midler. I'm excited to see her on screen again. You know, 
I'll get into my excitement level for this movie based on recent Disney content that we are covering this evening. Well, before we get into that, I do want to let everybody know I am self-medicating tonight with Rogue's Santa's Private Reserve 2021 for all of our wrestling fans out there, which for some reason there are a whole lot of wrestling fans in the Christmas podcast fans as well. Uh, it is a it is the Kringle Crusher. A has a wrestling theme. There's Santa putting the drop on Krampus. Oh my gosh! Like a, <laughs> I don't know amazing. what that move is called, but it's kind of fun, uh, and it looks good. I'm gonna go ahead and try this. It is uh, a dark ale with natural vanilla flavor aged in oak rum barrels chips. So I'm excited. Break that thing up and let us know how it is. Yeah, that Krampus looks very devilish. Mm. Well, he should, shouldn't he? Oh, this. Oh, like... y'all. Is it good? Yeah, it is. All it's right. Rogue. Of course it's good. I'm not a fan of dark beer. Yeah. Have you had much Rogue? No, I haven't. So maybe I'll try. Go pick up Rogue Santa's Private Reserve. Oh, that's a nice finish. I give this beer uh, a solid, uh, I think, a solid nine. Oh. I know, right? That's like nine points more than this movie's going to come in for I was about me. to say. I'm going to go and say this right now. Just to, be, just to be obstinate. Just to be obstinate. I'm coming in at a 10 tonight. Oh, bull crap. Oh, not. please. You're not going to rank this thing above the original Home Alone. There's no way. There's no way. Oh, I sure am. Just to oh, be obstinate sure because, of how, because of you guys. <laughs> we are covering the 2021 Disney Plus original Home Sweet Home Alone. No parents, no problem. The tagline's not even accurate. I don't feel like we need a plot synopsis because it's just like all other 37 Home Alones. Yeah. Kid, who is not a McAllister, is home alone. A young married couple who are experiencing financial woes think this child has stolen an upside down face doll that is worth two hundred plus thousand dollars and will fix all of their money woes. So they decide to steal it, thinking he and his family are out of town. Mayhem ensues. Hilarity happens. Anthony cries and roll credits. Um, let's go through this. I do have to point out the story itself does come from our very beloved John Hughes. The screenplay is written for this one is written by Mikey Day, which we all know Mikey Day, right? From Saturday Night Live. No, no. And I'm not sure I want to get to know him. He plays Trump Jr. on Saturday Night Live. Oh, he plays Donald Jr. Don Jr. He's on Robot Chicken. Was he in the throes of playing, like embodying? Will you just can can we get through? Can 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 I I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Let's at least get through the casting credits before you start pulling snark out of your derriere. Okay, can 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 I have that? Mikey Day is funny. He's on. He's been on SNL since 2014. So he's he was he played Axe Head in another movie that Anthony loved, Hubie Halloween. He was in Britney Runs a Marathon. Uh, he was one of the skeletons in I'm David S. Pumpkins. So oh, that's give you funny. Some context. Yeah. So he's a funny guy. 
He <coughs> co-wrote the screenplay with Streeter Seidel, who um, is the supervising writer from 2017 to 21 of uh, 2021 at SNL. He wrote the TV short David S. Pumpkins. He was a writer for two episodes of Maya and Marty. He was on, uh, and he wrote for Pranked. And he was on, uh, he started out writing for College Humor. Our movie stars a young British child, Archie Yates, who plays Max Mercer. And Archie Yates has been, he's a young kid. He's, um, can I say how, what year he was born? He's like 11, right? Or was he 11 in the movie? I don't know. doesn't say when he's born. He's 12. He's he was born though. in 2009. He's 12 years old. Okay. We have the 12-year-old Archie Yates, who has been in uh, voice in Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, Amphibia. He was in Jojo Rabbit as Yorkie. Such so. a great movie. I still haven't seen and it. And he played the, the voice of the chief of police in James and the Giant Peach. His mother, what? Carol Mercer, is what? He, you said he does a voice of in James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, was he three? Like, is there a new like no movie the TV series, the miniseries? I didn't even know there was. I a didn't even know there was a miniseries from last year. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. His mother. I was thinking Carol what Mercer, you were thinking, Anthony. The old one. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Yeah, like, is how? played by Aisling yeah. B who is in the upcoming movie Swede Caroline playing Louise. She's on the TV show This Way Up on Quiz, on Living With Yourself, and Finding Joy, Hard Sun, and um, a lot of other shows that I have not personally watched. The Town, Trivia, Dead Boss, Cardinal Burns, uh, going back to Fair City in 2009. She's in a movie... Her? Uh, She's in a movie in 2016 with what's his face from uh, Ted Lasso. We just covered the foul-mouthed soccer player. She, oi, yeah. She was in Drunk History as Guinevere. Oh, cool. She's known she in, in uh, sky... comedic circles in Great Britain. She is. She was in Nish Kumar's Christmas in the Sky Comedy Christmas shorts. Hmm. So. so we'll probably cover her again at some point. Our, I don't know if they're supposed to be our protagonists or antagonists, the married couple. Uh, I'm not sure what they're supposed to be either. Pam McKenzie is played by Ellie Kemper, who we've covered when we covered The Office. But I just want to give a shout out that I still think she's a pretty amazing actress. And the more I see from her, the more I like her. Even this. Rob Delaney plays her husband, Jeff. Have we covered Rob Delaney? We have not, but Catastrophe is an amazing show. He's a stand-up comedian, He's also comedian, on right? Bird Girl. Yeah. Okay. Right? He is, yeah, I yeah. believe so. I believe he is known for his yeah. comedy, typically. He's a recurring voice on The Great North. Look at their nature and stuff. Y'all watch The Great North? No. 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 We're just disappointing Tom all over the place tonight. We really are. Over and over. <laughs> he was in our beloved Last Christmas movie that we covered last year. Oh. Or was it the year before? The part? <clears throat> no, that was last year. He was a Deirdre director. He was. He had a he was had a recurring role on Key and Peel on Coma Period and uh, yeah. 
He's a funny guy. You, have you guys watched Catastrophe or have heard of it? I've no. heard of it. Yeah, heard of it. But it is an it. Amazon comedy starring him and Sharon Hogan. They had a one night stand in England when he was on a business trip. She gets pregnant, so he moves to England to help raise the baby and be with her. And Carrie Fisher plays his may she rest in peace mother, very overbearing mother. It's a very funny show. She one of, would... It was one of Amazon's like uh, first originals, like when they were really getting into Prime. It was very, it was very good. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, just quick mentions. The uncles, we have Pete Holmes, who is a plays an uncle in this that has kind of an important role um, in how we end up where we are. And Pete Holmes had the Pete Holmes show. Are we fans of Pete Holmes? Oh, stand-up comedian as well. He is a stand-up comedian. And it depends on the day and what I've seen him in most recently for me to answer that question, Anthony. Got it, got it. How about you? Are you a fan? I am not a fan of Pete Holmes. Did you see him do the Batman stuff on College Humor Originals? I did see that stuff. And the other uncle we have who creates problems and contributes to this is Chris Parnell, also an SNL and alum, who uh, is on Archer, Rick and Morty, American Dad, Marvel's uh, Modo. Now, him I love because I love Jerry on Rick and Morty. <laughs> He was on Will and Grace, the the new version of Will and Grace. He played one of the doctors. Been a, he had a role in the the Goldbergs. He had multiple roles on Drunk History, including Thomas Edison, which was great. Uh, he was Doctor Leo Spaceman on Thirty Rock. He was. He was. He's done a lot of stuff with Adam Ruins Everything. He's on the show Grownish as the Dean, um, which I don't really love his role on that show. I don't know if y'all have seen it. I haven't. On uh, the TV show Dawn of the Croods, Comedy Bang Bang. He was in Hotel Transylvania in Transylvania 2. He had a brief arc on Brooklyn Um, Nine-Nine, BoJack Horseman, Suburgatory. um, Just, I mean, a ton of stuff. The guy's been around. Funnier Die. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yep. Me too. I like this guy. I do too. Uh, and he was in Jingle All the Way. Was he? Toy Store Clerk. And then another oh, you know, uh, SNL let, alum. What, what? I was going to say, I, now that you mentioned that, I remember him. He's the one who laughed in Arnold Schwarzenegger's face and Arnold Schwarzenegger grabbed him by the lapel. and threatened He him. is. And then we have the amazing realtor, Keenan Thompson. Who I know we've, who we've covered, right? Right. Surely we have. We've definitely, t- yes, because he played uh, Hubie Halloween. We covered him in the 2018 Grinch. He's Bricklebaum, the voice of Bricklebaum. He is oh, the voice of Bricklebaum. Right. And then he, he was also in Hubie Halloween. Um, so I just want to make sure that we continually bring up things that Anthony loves before we get into this. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of Kenan Thompson. I love Kenan Thompson. He's grown so much as an actor and it's just really good. Really fun. Then, oh, and I would be completely remiss if I did not mention that we have a, it's more than a cameo, but not a role, not a really big role of Devin Rattray playing himself or playing his old, reprieving his old role as Buzz McAllister, now a police officer. 
Mm-hmm. You would also be remiss if you didn't mention that John Novak and Eddie G reappear as the um, Johnny and Snakes and the uh, Angels Without Wings or whatever that movie yes. is called. Whatever it is now in space this time. <laughs> that had to make you laugh. You have to give that one credit. Like, Okay. So let's start uh, this. Well, no, no, no. There are two more members we should mention. They're more the more prominent aunt and uncle in this. Tim Simmons plays Uncle Hunter. He does. Who is Jeff Delaney's brother. And we've covered him before on Veep. He was Jonah. And then Allie Mackey plays Mai, his wife. Yeah, she wasn't really... They weren't... They were... I didn't really enjoy them that much. Well, I have questions about their characters we'll get to. Matt, perhaps you can answer as a connoisseur of the story. I, I'm not going to say I'm a connoisseur. It's just I know what this movie was. I went into it knowing what it was. And for what it was, you know, not bad. Before we dive in, I want to say I went in with the most open of minds. You did not. Hoard. I can pull up countless discussions on Discord where that say otherwise. I want to say I went in with low expectations, but open-minded to liking it. And I would like to remind listeners before we dive in, if you like this movie, awesome. But I would like to remind listeners, I don't have anything against remakes. I love 94's Miracle on 34th Street. I love, I you, it's well documented. You I know? love the 2018 Grinch and the Jim Carrey Grinch. So I have nothing, and I love most versions of A Christmas Carol. So I have this nothing not against remake, remakes. Though. This is not a remake. Well, a reimagining then. So, uh, I want to say that you went in this with an open mind too, but I have a lot of evidence leading up to this that speaks to the contrary, so I'm not going to lie. I did go into this with an open mind. Okay, Julia did. Julia was the most optimistic of the three of us going in. I was the most pessimistic going into it. I did not go into this with an open mind at all. I went into this thinking I was watching a, a, a steaming pile of human feces on a plate. Yep. And you were proven correct. And I was... All right. Hold on. Take a, Tom's taking a sip for our listeners before we dive Good night, in here. This is amazing. Every time I get annoyed, I'm just going to talk about how amazing my beer is. So, uh, no surprise here. We open up with a kid who is my least favorite part of the show. I'll get it out there. This is no yeah. Kevin McAllister. He is no Kevin McAllister. He, this kid's a jerk. Yeah. I don't have, in my mind, I don't have anything that, like nothing in this movie in, like ingratiates me to him as a character at all, which is a failing on the show. Yep. And I will this say kid's a spoiled go, brat. That I do not like this kid. And this kid is not what I like about this movie. This movie made me like the criminals. Okay, I don't like any of them, but I will say they were trying to make me like the criminals, which is a problem if you're going to keep abusing, physically abusing the criminals the entire time. But anyway. Um, and, okay, so he and his mom are out and about. They're driving home. Um, he is a spoiled brat. We're dealing with uh, some issues here that um, as a former obese child, I think we should address. There is a... Con- the child is overweight and we are continually reiterating throughout this film that all he drinks is soda. And yes. so he had, he said he had what he said he had six, six sodas in the car b- before going and he had to really go to the bathroom. So they see this sign for an open house. They go to this open house and, and the mother feigns an interest in, in purchasing this home while kid goes into the bathroom 
comes out and he's just a real jerk to the homeowner. Like just starts out smack talking him as he's trying to pull out. He's trying to get water for some other people. We've seen this. Uh, the I am so confused about the way this kid talks too, because I feel like the movie at one one minute is trying to make me think this kid is really intelligent, and then the next minute he's a dummy based on things he does later on. We learn that uh, Jeff and Pam, the homeowners, are in some financial problems. Part of it is because he is a data migration specialist. And we live in a world where people don't need that as much because the cloud has simplified this process. And he's having a hard time coming to terms with this. He's lost his job. They're so far in debt that they're going to have to sell their house. So they're staging this home. This Which I guess house. that says a lot about his relationship with his brother, who is clearly a rich millionaire who can't fund him some money for the mortgage. Uh, you know... I know it's hard to it's hard to ask family or anyone. It's hard for to ask money. family yes, for money. Absolutely. Yes. Anthony, can I have twenty bucks? Yes, you can, Tom. I'll Venmo you. So nice. <laughs> See, that's how easy it should be to ask for help. We should all want to support one another and ask for help when we need it. That's the kind of world I wish we lived in. Yeah. I myself, through my entire life, have been the same way where I did not ask for help when I needed it. And uh That's why you and this, I get along. Jeff has the same problem that he has too much pride to just ask for help. So instead he's going to sell his home. Now, which they're not home telling their kids about. Well, but because... I, what I don't understand about the selling the home line. Oh, sorry. Hold on one second, Anthony. Do you mind if I finish this thought? Please, Tom. What I don't understand about people who are like, they're selling their home. They're not talking about downsizing. Where are they going to live where they can take the proceeds from this home and live somewhere cheap? Like, Regardless, you need a house, and it's not like they're in a in a in a big fancy place where they're going to sell it for a ton of money and like be able to buy something a little you know a little ways away that's smaller. I don't I don't understand how this is going to fix their problems because now they're just going to inherit another expense elsewhere. But it's neither here nor there. And as Anthony said, go ahead. They they haven't told well they haven't told the kids. The kid. They haven't told the kids. And meanwhile, they're having an open house and the kids are at home. Keenan Thompson is a realtor. And then the kids come home. They try to hide all the balloons and the flyers. Well, <laughs> and before Keenan that. Thompson pretends to be like a, a, a trained gym rat. Like Rob Delaney's training him at the gym. Like when you look at these no, two guys, they're the he's least training, likely. He's training Rob Delaney. He's his personal okay. trainer. Still. It's it a rid of that jelly belly. <laughs> Keenan Kevin Thompson's James used to be a personal though, trainer. Did he really? Oh, yeah. That's what he started off at. So Archie comes out. And, and while this guy's trying to get water and do things through their house, the kid comes up and asks him for one of his sodas. I don't know what kind of child goes into a stranger's house and asks them for their sodas. Right. Also, I feel like a, I feel like I've lost my way because I keep saying the word sodas instead of Coke, Julia. Yeah. Like, I, who even are you? He asks for a Coke, an orange Coke. And uh, the guy says no, and the kid's a smart aleck, so the guy taunts the child by drinking the soda. In the kid's defense, lots of open houses usually have refreshments out. I don't know why this house didn't. Well, that's what he was up there doing, was getting more refreshments. He was getting them bottles of water. For the kitchen. <laughs> also, it wasn't just this guy taunting the kid. The kid was taunting the guy about his doll collection. Right. The, the guy's pulling out a, a bunch of dolls and he's like, oh, those are your dolls. And he's like, no, they're my mother's. And every time he says something about his mother's dolls, 
he calls them the guys dolls, which I like after they leave. Uh, so mom comes and says, oh, that doll is a special doll and it's worth a lot of money. And he's, he thinks, oh, cool. That's good news. And the kid and mom leave and he's like, oh, my doll is missing. I mean, my mom's doll, which was pretty funny that he got into the same trap the kid was hassling him about. And he's he doesn't notice it's ugly... missing right away. No, but when he notices, yeah, you're right. Yes. It's, he notices he's missing the ugly boy upside down face doll, yes. which all I could think of was Family Guy. Do you all remember Tom Tucker's son has an upside down face? I do remember that. There's an episode where Brian is trying really hard not to be offensive and he did something and he's apologizing and he's like, I am so sorry. This entire event has turned my whole life upside down face. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, So mom and son leave, go home. And this is where I need to speak up here while Tom takes a sip of his beer. When you think back to the original home alone, their house was a character in the film. This house was so cookie cutter, and I get that was what they were going for. They make the joke about it that they broke into the wrong house later on because they all look the same. But when you think of Home Alone, you think of that house. Even the se- the crappy sequels had distinctive houses compared to their neighbors. This uh, this house had no personality. This house did nothing for me. I don't think I don't this house is that. supposed to be the house with the character. I think it's the villain quote villain's it's house the villain's that has the house, character. Yes. They even gave it the McAllister house treatment, although not as impressive as the original one, by having Nowhere the Christmas red on the walls and the green. And if you rewatch it, the house is clearly decorated to evoke Christmas feeling. Like nobody has a house painted with red and green walls all year long. It's just I've never seen houses like this. Not the not in current day and age. Yes. So I don't think this house is the character. Which is fair, 100% fair, but if you're going to spend the whole third act of this film breaking into this house, the house needed more personality. I would have appreciated well, at least a little more Christmas, although they weren't going to be there for Christmas, yeah. so I guess I get that, but still, I don't know. Neither were the McAllisters. But they just moved here, They're, they seem much more Three new weeks, money than the McAllisters. Like yeah. McAllisters have been around, and if you drive around and look at houses now... They this are is sadly what I they all it. look like. It's miserable. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they go home, and this house is not exciting at all, right? Right. Uh, you're no. right. It's very cold. It's very sterile. There's a lot of family running around, just like in the original Home Alone, only there's no dad. All there was a... Well, we meet the dad later on, but... We are, yeah, and unlike the original Home Alone, where you don't get to know any of the kids, uh, except for, like, Buzz, really, mm-hmm. none of these kids have distinctive personalities or looks to them. They are all, mm-hmm. like what you said in Next Stop Christmas, Tom, you could literally copy and paste any kid into this movie for this family, and it wouldn't have made a difference. They mm-hmm. just had this big old family, because that's what they had in the original Home Alone. They didn't try to give any of them distinctive looks or personality or anything. Well, to the extent even where there's no relationship built up like you get with Kevin McAllister where you feel bad for him and you totally understand in the moment when he makes the wish to not have any family around him again because his family's terrible to him, but you don't get any of that here. Now, again, it's a different story, but that means you also don't build up a likeness for this kid. 
Like you don't care. About I don't feel kid. sorry for him. Yeah. There's nothing to feel sorry for him. I'm a little bummed that his there mom is nothing. gets left behind, but like not enough. He's not even bummed he gets left behind. No. <sighs> not immediately. And the way he gets left behind is there's too much going on. It's too loud. He wants some quiet. So he goes to sleep in the car. In the garage. Wasting that car's battery watching the car TV. <laughs> and he's watching destructive, abusive cartoons, right? He's watching the Roadrunner, watching the Wile E. Coyote get, try to attack the Roadrunner and getting blown up. So there's some fortuitous or foreshadowing happening here, right? I, okay. I appreciated that because I like, that makes sense. Like this kid would get ideas for plans later on from Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. And I love those cartoons. And I will say we did skip over something, Tom, which was one of my rare and only smirks in this film. And that is when we first see this house, we see out on the lawn, the little sign for McAllister Home Alone System, Home Home Alarm Systems. I appreciated that. (laughs) I did, because that makes sense. Like, that totally makes sense to me that after his experiences, Kevin would have gone into home security. And that's what, and Buzz makes a reference to that later, that they have that security system anyway you're right uh so the next morning everybody gets up they're in a hurry they have been put on two separate planes which uh was an homage to i think uh home alone 2 lost in new york Catherine o'hare makes a big deal that they're not sitting like they're making a big deal that um they're not sitting together but she's like at least we all got on the same plane right yeah that's true uh and in this one they're split on planes so that's how they don't realize that Archie's with them until they land. Okay. In Tokyo. I, yeah, I need to, yeah. I need to bring something up here. Now's as good a time as any. This movie, <laughs> this movie bent over backwards trying to prove Home Alone can work in today's day and age, and they didn't convince me. They didn't convince me. They had to, they didn't between the, no landline, I believed. Their little uh, Alexa robot. But you're telling me that like this kid who has demonstrated he is smart enough wouldn't go next door? I know they don't know the neighbors, but you tell me he wouldn't go borrow a phone. He walks to the church and talks to the lady. They, they went out of their way trying to convince me that this plot of Home Alone could work in modern day, and they didn't convince me. Like It, it doesn't work for me. I didn't buy it. How do you feel also, about I that, don't Julia? believe how spoiled the kid is. He wouldn't have a phone at this age. Yet, exactly. Right? exactly. Or an right. iPad or a computer. But at the same time, we could say the same exact thing. There's no way that the McAllisters didn't know anybody whatsoever in the entire city of Chicago but, who could have checked on Kevin. Yeah, it wouldn't yes. work then either. But, it's but, a, but I will admit it's a further reach and stretch for this movie. Yes. But it, they made more sense in that. Oh, first of all, there were no cell phones back then, so that made sense. The landline was cut. They made a point of saying that. Kevin purposely didn't seek out an adult in the original because he he was younger and he literally thought he wished the family away. Right. And he didn't. They like. I don't know. This kid, and this goes back to what I said earlier, they facilitate between is he smart or is he dumb? Yeah, like he, like he, he's, he's all kid. over the place. I, around, I think this, I kids? think this kid would have found a way to like. Anyway, I never thought Kevin McAllister was dumb. Not once. 
Not even a smidgen of once. So it can be done for sure. Have a kid that's not perceived as dumb. But no, I don't think you can make this movie nowadays. Technology has rendered this plot line undoable. But later in the movie, they make a whole, they make a point of that though. Like that this is really dumb and that even, even they acknowledge their reimagining their, this has to be seen as a sequel because it's a follow up to, we have Buzz who acknowledges that, you know, all these other things happened in this past. Buzz, who make, serves no point in this movie except to be a glorified cameo because he doesn't even come back at the end as a cop or anything. We don't need a cop, cop at the end. He grosses me out with that burrito scene. Ugh. Is that what that he was, he was eating? I couldn't tell what he was eating. Yeah, I couldn't tell disgusting. what he was eating. It was just nasty. Ugh. It was just plain nasty. So, um, they're gone. They're in Tokyo. Mom wants to get back. Um, but obviously, we've we've changed the script here, and now she's on a different continent, so we can't have a Catherine O'Hare return. Yep. Uh, this mother is much more believable and likable than Catherine O'Hare ever would be. I disagree completely. I do too. And I, I can't tell if that was Anthony. a trolling anything or. <laughs> 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 oh man i i should have let you just go with it and then like just see what the listeners have the listeners i saw your but that. i could see your blood pressure rising as you were sitting there <laughs> so also also for all the homages to the original they didn't have this woman go max oh my gosh max! there was there was even one point where I, so i watched this with most of the family and Ethan and I watched the entire thing together and the others kind of trickled in and out. And I cannot remember at what point it was, but he's like, I know exactly what's going to happen next. It's the Kevin moment. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a major missed opportunity. If they're going to yep. homage it up. Missed Which they were. They had no problem homaging everything else about that movie, but they didn't do Max. Exactly. Yeah. Or Max didn't you know, realize where he was either, you know, where he's like, what do you mean? Ah, none of that. Stuff. Oh yeah. Which I'm, I'm glad about that because I don't think the kid would have pulled it off. Well, yeah, his cut loose so, montage was not great. Well, there was nothing, like I said, I just didn't feel any connection to this kid at all. Right. that's why. And again, yeah, his, we see we're dealing his cut with loose, an oak. I just want to just piggyback off something Julie said that cut loose montage wasn't great. And like, didn't you look, I, he wasn't into. He wasn't clever when he realized burglars kept staking out his house. Like, how f- charming is that scene in the original Home Alone where he sets up like the dance party, like with the, all the uh-huh. silhouettes of like the mannequins and his cardboard cutouts in the windows. I'm ugh, I missed the sticky bandits, the wet bandits, man. I really did Me in too. this movie. Me too. Anyway. You know they're the same person, right? The same people. I, I did, but I wanted to reference the original. I know I was just trolling you. So the, the, the homeowners now realize, Oh my gosh, our doll is gone. We've got to go get it. They go to, they were at the house when they were trying, when everybody was trying to leave and the uncle just assumed they were with the Uber service, the Uber block service or whatever they were using. So they end up leaving. Jeff thinks they're all home alone. He watched them put in the code to the door one 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 two acknowledges which he somehow screws up at first as if it's a hard code he puts two 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 one 
but he goes and finds the key, opens the door, trips the alarm, ends up running away, turning off the alarm and running away, right? He tells his and wife. And this whole should... time, by the way, this whole time, his wife is like, you know, you're an idiot. Let's don't, let's just wait for these people to come home well, and get the doll. No, she doesn't know about it yet because she's waiting. He's supposed to be there to be part of the handbell choir with her. With Jim Rash. Oh, right. Yes, oh with Jim Rash from Community. So they do the they do the whole handbell choir and they won't stop talking throughout it, which has really annoyed me. And they end up screwing up in front of these, you know, at this retirement community. But it did give me hope learning that there are adult handbell choirs because I love handbell choirs. I was uh, yeah, there's adult handbell choirs. Have you never been in a Methodist church? I don't know that I have. My introduction to the adult handbell choir was in a Methodist church. There you go. They do exist. So I want that's my new hashtag squad goal. So he tries to convince Ellie Kemper they should go rob this house. She doesn't agree. His brother comes to stay with them, and his brother and his wife are supposed to stay on the pull-out couch, but somehow end up coercing them out of their bedroom. And so Jeff and Pam are sleeping in the pull-out couch. They go to break into the house and realize, oh, no, somebody's home. The German Alexa, whatever that thing is supposed to be, keeps speaking German because somebody changed it to troll when they were all in the house. So they assume that the kid's German grandmother must have stayed with him. Because well, this is this, so yes. Because the, when they were originally at the house, the mother, the kid had talked about, or the mother had threatened to leave him in the U.S. with his grandma. Well, not only that, but like, so this is by now. Ellie Kemper's come around to breaking in, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Point two. Well, point million of what I don't like about this movie. <laughs> okay, what makes Ellie Kemper come around? they have the same musical cue from home alone somewhere in my memory, please. While she's looking around the house, they use so many of the musical cues from the original home alone and they are nowhere. You, they are not used anywhere near as effectively as in the original. No, like they're the same music from John Williams. And yet they lacked magic in the way they underscored certain scenes. I felt nothing in that scene because I didn't feel anything for these characters. I didn't argue that. Are you you good guys? Are you bad guys? You're breaking into this kid's home? I just... Anyway. So they, when they don't break in, they decide and they they stand outside of the kid's house and make their plan for when they're going to come back. Right? And the kid... kid, Well, this is where he calls the cops first, right? They don't believe him. They... Well, he, he notifies the police that they need to come... And Buzz is convinced Kevin is playing a, a prank on him because he does it every year. Which, yep. if you own a security company, you probably don't prank police, right? <laughs> I would prank Buzz. That's the last we see of him in this movie. That story about how Kevin pranks him every year. And then he's like, nice try, Kevin. And that's it. The end. He doesn't come back. It was a glorified... <laughs> so the kid, the kid decides... He, this is one of the few jokes that made me laugh too. He he asked the thing. He asked the Alexa thing to Google uh, booby traps, and she and she says uh, <laughs> that and she says I am I am blocked from searching the word booby. Parental controls that was prohibit funny. me from searching the word booby. Yep, that made me laugh. Yep. So. They discuss what they're going to do. They're going to come back. He's going to dress like Santa to confuse the kid because, you know, 12-year-old children 
are obviously going to be confused by a Santa breaking in their house. They come back and the kid. And that was clever com- in my mind. I will admit that plan. If they had stuck to that plan was clever. Cause I have brought up on this podcast repeatedly. Why are there not more break-ins on Christmas Eve when somebody can just dress as Santa and like <laughs> get to the kid. So I was glad to see my plan put into action. Just not in a crappy Disney. Uh, Warner brothers. Warner Brothers has billing on this thing. It just happens to be on Disney Plus. So I wish we would just stop talking about it like it's a Disney movie. It's a Warner Brothers movie that Disney Plus picked up and pushed out. This does not run with the castle in front of the movie. Disney, Disney owns all the property. I understand that. Property. But I think it, I would have stronger feelings anti-Disney if this had the castle running in front of it. I'll get to my anti-Disney rant later on <laughs> in overall thought. Jeff and Pam come back and they are subjected to a barrage of even more sadistic attacks than Kevin had done. Ooh, yeah, those push pins on the nerf darts. Ouchie. Okay. So before that, we get our montage, the battle plan montage, the yeah. same music from the original. Yeah. And let's 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 not forget, let's not forget. Uh, uh, such an amazing scene where they're climbing over the wall and we devolve into fart jokes where he farts on his wife while she's trying to lift him over the wall. Such highbrow humor. Ethan looked at me and he's like, did that just happen? Yeah, it did. And then they break into the wrong house mm-hmm. and the idiots walk across a frozen pool. They're stupider than the sticky bandits and the wet bandits. They're also not criminals. Still, she's just a teacher, and he's a data migration person. <laughs> they should, they should have, they should have waited till they came home. She had the plan. She had the right plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, during all of this, our child actor, our child Archie, destroys their house. Like, I mean. He utterly destroys, like, so intentionally sawing the banister, ripping the the ceiling down. I mean, just the the sheer the, the number of things he does. And what there I is the no same... way it could be put back together like in the how Kevin did in the original. He there was no fixing. This kid could not fix it in the end if he wanted to. No way. But I felt the same problem with this that I did with the original Home Alone, and that's. There were the, the, the booby traps were so over the top that the kid would have been hurt by them as well. The kid had Legos everywhere. Like I was sad. There were no micro machines. I would have liked to have seen a micro machine return. But, but like, did it not like, this is part of my confusion too. Cause you're, are you rooting for these people or are you not? If you are supposed to sympathize with them, I'm not when like I'm not enjoying them getting attacked by this kid. Uh-uh. No, I I didn't find myself being in, uh, enjoying the attacks. I did like the the point where they are basically crying to him and saying, "Please don't hurt us." Okay, I don't understand the, the stupidest attack. Stupidest attack. The freaking virtual reality when he put it on the like no yeah. All, Oh my god, like that guy's, huh, where did you take me? Huh, where am I? Like, you can't freaking feel it on your head. Give me a break. Yeah, that one was really, that one was really dumb. And, and 
I was gross. Christine couldn't watch the part where Ellie Kemper got shot by the the darts, and they were sticking out of, like the push pins were all in her face. Yeah, that and it was, was gross. The guy's the huge bump on his head from the pool ball, which was a more direct hit than the brick in the original one. So that guy mm-hmm. would have been dead. And uh, the feet, the feet looked painful too when she literally burned her feet. Yeah. She burned them, but they looked frostbitten. Yeah, it was like a mix of. The, I mean, she they made were blackened. that. She made that joke uh and i say joke in quotes because i didn't laugh where she's like it's so hot but also so cold as she's walking through the snow that was funny though i mean we've been there where like i don't know maybe i'm the only one who's ever been burnt and outside and you feel both at once anyway it's probably safe uh they are they are assaulted numerous times and for whatever reason the kid makes finally makes the comment that you're not gonna sell me and i'm not ugly i have character because they kept saying they were going to kidnap the yeah. ugly boy. Right. So this is kind of glossed over said, this. He, this kid yeah. literally thinks they're trying to kidnap him and sell him to slavery. Okay. The to scene like, where they show, not slavery, not slavery. He's just going to be a, he's just going to be a toy for these old ladies. I'm sorry. His vision of what that looked like was funny. Y'all where the old ladies are sitting there like pinching his cheeks and giving him crappy candy. <laughs> she takes her teeth out. Yeah. So, then Ellie Kemper, Pam, realizes, oh, you're home alone? You don't have any parents with you? Oh, I'm so sorry. We've done something horrible. And Why don't you come stay with us while your mom is away? Because that's the logical conclusion to what just happened. Right. And then this kid, nothing on his part. He walks right into their arms and gives him a hug. It's hasty. It's I, so hasty. Which I would have bought. I would have bought if he had like broken down and cried or been like exhausted or something more than what he was. Right. But no, he just goes into the loving arms of the people who were trying to, to sell him to old ladies that he attempted to murder. They go to their, then they go back to Jeff. Well, it comes out. He didn't take the doll. He He did not take the doll. doll. We don't ever find out what actually happened to the doll because Somehow the spoiled nephew of the rich brother has it Klepto. and ends up throwing it. And they're like, oh, look, he saved the day. No, he created all Oh, my God. Problems. That stupid scene, whatever. I forget what song was playing underneath that scene where they're jumping, trying to catch that dumb doll. Had me roll it. I wish I had a video camera on Sarah when we were watching that scene because her expression looked like what I could only imagine what I was feeling at that moment and what I looked like at that moment. She just looked bewildered and like, this is so dumb. Did she just not understand it? Did you have to explain to her what was happening? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to figure out why she would be bewildered. She was bewildered how this piece of garbage got made. Is this really happening? Oh, I was confused. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, is this really happening? Oh, yeah, but he, he makes a leap through the air and saves the doll. And then mom comes in, and it's, the moment's nowhere near as nice as the moment in the original. Well, mom is, just, mom is just okay with the fact that these random strangers broke into her house and stole her child. Well, they um, don't tell her that. But she would have, like, what did they tell her? Like, what what's the context here? What is what is mom walking into that she's suddenly okay with? I don't know, but I don't, I didn't. Maybe I missed it, but I was not under the impression that mom knew that part of the story. She didn't be as evidenced by the fact that she was shocked when they go home and the house is in ruin. Right. So kid trashed the house, but she has no context for why the house was trashed. 
No, and and as Anthony said, this is beyond repair. This is this is like tens of thousands of dollars worth of work to fix. Yeah, yeah. So we flash for whatever reason we fast forward a year, and for whatever reason, Archie and Mom are having Christmas dinner. Dad is there with, too. We see him briefly him. at dinner, and they're having that's true. They're having dinner with this weird family that destroyed their home or that their son destroyed his home trying to defend himself against as they were breaking in and trying to steal something back. Jeff got a new job and now apparently he's overworked. Uh, but Jeff he, is Jeff has a Jeff has adopted the cloud. He's adopted. And, and, he, he's, and he's apparently he's cloud. He works. Uh, he's worth more than his brother at this point. Cause his brother said it's weird that he's worth so much more money now. But they're still in the same house. I'm well, sorry, the but house. Yeah, the house but is nostalgia. Still, That's think... why she changed her mind in the first place. Was because the house has all of her. You memories. would upgrade though at some point. Oh, right? and, and then that little kid, that little kid's like, "Can I have an orange soda?" And gives him this threatening look. Like, remember last time you didn't give me an orange soda? Yeah. They're all like, "Oh, we better do that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... No, the kid needs a swift kick in the pants. Is what he needs. Yes, he does. A whooping. So and then we end and everybody's happy. Um, not again. Not sure why this family is celebrating Christmas with this other family, but why nobody's in jail? And that's the thing. I wanted to see them in jail. Also perplexing to me Ouch. that this movie is full of stand-up comedians and comedy writers, and it's not funny. Nobody thought to do a rewrite on the script. Like these stand-ups on set during the table read weren't like, "Can we punch up the script a bit? We'll yeah. help you." I mean, it's 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 like fundamentally just not funny, like at all. And I don't understand that because they have a lot of raw talent. And where how did that go? Lots wrong? of talented people. Lots of talented people. I mean, when you were going through the cast earlier, Tom, like we love, we, most of them have been in things we really like. We like most of that cast. Marty said, I wonder if it's like funny or die, you know, where you put all those hilarious people together and then you get the absolute opposite of funny, which to him, funny or die was not funny to him. What? Yeah. He's not seen all the funny or die stuff, but the stuff he's seen. Funny or die was hilarious. I love Funny or Die, I'll, I'll and I'm with Tom on that one. I'll, I'll give uh, Tom a bone on that one. I, I'd like Funny or Die. <laughs> Look, this this film for me failed on every single fundamental level. It it, <laughs> it just lacked the charm of the original and the cuteness of the original, and like uh, I don't know everything. That they tried to do in this one that the original did. Like, they did it worse. So The I heart's like gone. The, I have a quote that I do like. When they're watching, there's like some sort of remake of Angels with Filthy Souls in Space. <laughs> yeah. And the uncle is watching it and says, Ugh, this is garbage. I don't know why they're always trying to remake the classics. They're never as good as the originals. Yeah. And I think that's exactly... They knew that going into this, which is why I think I may be more okay with it. Okay. Well, there's being self-aware, and then there's being self-aware, but not even achieving. Like, what? Yes, the there's being self-aware, 
And then being lazy and using that as an excuse not to even try to be good. Yeah. It's just like, okay. First, first of all, Julia, I am so glad I wasn't alone in this episode. But I do want to correct something you said like 10 minutes ago. You know, that leads into my Disney rant. It's 20th Century Fox, not WB. I just wanted ah, to correct that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, just because... <laughs> I would correct that for any studio that had its name attached to this film just because I don't <laughs> think any studio does first. Okay, but here's the thing. And Manny said this in Discord the other day. He's like, well, it is a kid's movie. Yes, but that is a lazy, lazy excuse. I'm not expecting as an adult to like every kid's movie that they put out there. But especially coming from Disney who has built their brand on kids' movies that the whole family enjoys and are critically acclaimed by adults, that is a lazy excuse. It's a lazy excuse for any movie studio just to say, oh, it's a kids' movie. It doesn't have to be good. A good movie because it's for kids. But especially if the Disney name is associated with it in any way. It's ultra lazy for me. Ultra lazy. And this goes back to my, I, I have a very big problem with modern day Disney. I love Disney. People out there know I love Disney. I love the parks. I love all the classic movies. I love Marvel and Star Wars, which are now under the Disney banner. But Disney proper nowadays, like Disney proper, Disney Studios, it just they lost it. I don't know why. What happened? Like they they are putting so much effort into remaking their classics or remaking or doing sequels rather than coming up with original things that put them on the map in the first place. And then combined with the fact that what they're doing to the parks with the money and price gouging, even worse than they've already done, they've become a parody of themselves that people have been joking on SNL and all these late night skits for decades that they are the evil corporation. They, that's what they have become. They can't, they, they think slapping their label on something means they could just glide in recent years and, and, and they can't. And I am, especially because of the brand they've built up and the name they've built for themselves. They can't because when something come, falls below par, it's even more noticeable because the Disney name's attached to it. And it just annoys me about modern day Disney. It truly, truly does. And I hope whatever is going on behind the scenes there, they get back to their roots at some point. Stop. Stop. Hire creatives who can come up with original content. Stop with the sequels or the remakes or the reimaginings. Come up with original crap again. But let me tell you, y'all know how excited I was for Hocus Pocus 2. I, I am not... Neil, I have a lot of reservations now after seeing what they did with this movie. Truly. I really do. I need to, like, depending what talent is involved. And there was a lot of talent involved in this movie. And so you have to wonder where it went wrong. And I just hope they don't do these same screw-ups with Hocus Pocus that they did next, with this film. But it also goes back... Yeah, also, one last thing. It just goes back to what I said, too, about the way Disney does, like, and what I brought up on the show multiple times. I, I The example I always use is Girl Meets World versus Boy Meets World. It goes back to their, how they appeal to kids now versus back then. This movie proved to me 
that if they made Hocus Pocus nowadays, it wouldn't be as dark as it was back then. And I say dark in quotes, but they wouldn't be as like low key adult as it was that could appeal to a larger audience, not just kids. I don't know. I just have a problem with the studio now, and this film encapsulated everything I have, all the problems I have with it, in one 88-minute movie. It wasn't even 90 minutes, which blew my mind, because I sat there watching it like, holy crap, when's this going to end? Sorry, Julia, you were going to say something. I just wanted to put that point on my... Oh, you don't need to apologize. I interrupted you. Is Anthony done? I had my earbuds (laughs) muted. (laughs) I was just going to say... I don't have, I mean, I, with respect to Disney as a whole, I still love Disney. I'm always going to love Disney. Uh, Disney parks. I do too. I do too. They're doing things that maybe I don't love with Disney parks, but I think a lot of that has to do with the changing of the hands from Bob Iger to this new guy. But I will say Disney can do really good reboots and reimagines. And an example of that would be Mighty Ducks that all three of us absolutely loved. They can do it, and they slapped their name on Mighty Ducks. It has the castle opening. It is very clearly a Disney product. It's not a third string Disney product like this one is, where Disney does not open with the castle. I think there is a difference. I think they very mindfully put their Disney castle on things, but they can do reimaginings. But And I'm not saying they can, because you're right. I do like the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and and in general, they have done other stuff, like a lot of their live action stuff I like. But hire, create, go back to your roots. Like even Pixar now turns out sequels instead of originals. Like put out original content again. Stop, like not everything needs to be remade. Like half of the stuff on Disney Plus, the original Disney series, are some kind of reboot or remake. High School Musical, Turner and Hooch, Mighty Ducks. Like, where's your original content? And then Marvel and Star Wars, which has their own library, which Disney just put under their name. Where is your original content? That's my problem with them. Because that's what they were known for. I I think our expectation of Disney as a wholesome beacon of originality probably is what needs to be adjusted. Because how many people watched Luca versus watched sequels of things? I think people gravitate towards sequels, whether right, wrong, or otherwise. I don't think Disney is putting out reboots because it wants to. I think it's putting out reboots because that's what people watch. I think it goes back to the new management over the past few years. Not even just Bob Iger being replaced because Walt Disney's kids had problems with Bob Iger too. Mm-hmm. If you if you i say you like as if i'm talking to you julie i mean everyone if you dive into that they had problems with bob Iger as well and how he was handling the studio um i think you're probably right people gravitate towards sequels and stuff now but to your point about luca luca was cute but would you put you again you uh, maybe i I, am curious i know what you mean i'm putting this question out to everyone there would you put luca on the level of a plus disney that they used to do. And I say used to. I'm talking like even in recent history, like Tangled and Princess and the Frog and Frozen and Moana. No. It was cute. It was good. But like Netflix is know. honestly doing better kids content than or family content yeah. than Disney right now. Yeah. So is Hulu. We just watched we just watched Maya and the Three and it was so good. 
and Ju- and Julia and listeners out there who love Disney. I love Disney too, and, and that's where this passion is coming from. I don't want you to think it's coming from a place of hate for Disney. It's coming from a place that I love Disney, and I'm just very disappointed in the direction they're taking in recent years. And you think I you're fear. Nostalgia? You think it's I fear problem? it's only going to get worse. I don't think it's just nostalgia. And that goes back to, like, if you watched one of their, and I'm talking about, like, their, if you if Lion King came out today, that was a good movie. It was well-received. You didn't need to be a kid to like that movie, for example. Beauty and the Beast. Like, they do stuff that, while they marketed towards kids, everyone can enjoy. Stuff that's critically acclaimed up for awards. And I miss that Disney. I want them to go back at least proper Disney Studios to that. And I fear, and I hope I'm proven wrong, that with this new guy who is already messing up the parks with price gouging and getting rid of fast passes and changing everything around. Well, yeah, but he's he's a parks guy, but he's messing it up. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying he's doing it right. I'm saying he's pushing parks where Iger didn't push parks as much. Right. I'm afraid that he's going to mess up not just the parks now, but Disney Studios. And I hope that's not the case. I hope they get new leadership sooner rather than later. I'm sure there are lots of people out there who agree with me who are less harsh, in my opinion. I know the Disney kids really don't like the guy, but they don't have to say over it anymore, sadly. But Which, by the way... All you bleeding heart progressive liberals out there, follow Disney's kids on Twitter because they go all in on people like Ted Cruz all the time. It's very funny. Anyway, that's my Disney rant. I just needed to get that over with because... All right, what are we going to rank it? Well, did it have a Linus moment? Obviously. Did it? Was it a good one? Uh, Was it a good one? Maybe not. What was the Linus moment? Like, serious question. At the end, when they all come together, family's the focus, blah, blah, blah. He missed his mom. He was glad she was back. I mean, but he also didn't Kevin wish had, her away. No, Kevin wished his family away to begin with, thinking he didn't need family. And it was Christmas that made him remem- remember, I do need my family. My family is all I need. That's not what this kid did. There was no magical wind in this one. No, there was no magical wind. Uh, there was wind in this one, but not the kind you want. It's a Christmas movie, but I don't think it has a Linus moment. I'm going to come in at a 4.9. Lower than I thought. How about you, Julia? 0.5. Yeah, I am going to go at 0.1. I hated it. I will never watch this again. That gives us a 1.83, which puts it at not even our lowest (laughs) but it's tied (laughs) number 96 on our list with i'll be home for christmas i mean it definitely suffers a bit if there was no such thing as home alone prior to this movie it definitely wouldn't have ranked that low i wouldn't have liked it anymore but i wouldn't have hated it as much as i did because i compared it and you can't not right yeah I may have given it a point higher, but at the same time, I think it's inexcusable, the talent involved, that this is what they spread their cheeks and crapped out. I'm so glad you... You think you're spreading your cheeks and crapping out? Created Be sure to that. check us out on social media. <laughs> you can find us at tisthepodcast.com slash Reddit, Facebook, Facebook group, which is most active, Instagram, and Twitter. 
If you want to throw some money at us and get additional content, check out the Patreon at tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon, where you can get bonus episodes. Plus, I think there's still maybe something happening on Thursdays, right, Anthony? Yeah, for like the next four weeks, or less than, probably like three weeks, four weeks, December until December 23rd, a new Five chapter of my Christmas week. Okay. Five weeks then. Until December 23rd, a new chapter will drop every day. Every third, every day. Every Thursday in your feeds of the Christmas book I wrote, read by someone you all know and love. This Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, is read by everyone's beloved guy, Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House. Ah. Check an eye out. Keep an eye out for that because he's awesome. He's a cool guy. He is a cool guy. Mike's awesome. Next week. We've got Eloise at Christmas time. Get excited about that one. Pretty sure it's going to be a well-received Christmas special. I know. I'm looking forward to... I I hope that the three of us can find common ground on that one after. I have a pretty good feeling we will. Check that one out. We've already recorded this one, (laughs) y'all. For those of you Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) For those of you who want, want to check it out, there is a horrible recording of it on youtube which is how we all watched it so join us in that which is the only place we could find it that's right sad anthony you're excited about the week after right yes we are discussing netflix's brand new original christmas movie love hard which having watched it i can confirm not as dirty as the title makes it sound oh that's wonderful not dirty at all it's based on the the putting the two movie titles together of love actually and die hard so don't don't go into it with any preconceived... Fear. I didn't even realize that! And that made so much sense after that plot. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I'm just assuming that's what that's it is. That's 100% what it is. Because that was their big top... Oh. Okay. You made my night with that after this crappy recording. It has a so, lot of... I have a lot of... I have mixed feelings on it. I don't know where I'm going to rank it yet. That's fair. I can understand that. Y'all, you know what's exciting? What? Only 816, 816 hours until Christmas. That's only 34 days, y'all. That's only five weeks. <laughs> Technically, it's four and a half weeks. But yes, so exciting. Bye, y'all. Bye. Wait, before that, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're <laughs> thankful for all of you. And yeah. I know I'm thankful for my fellow co-hosts. Me too. I'll tell you what I think next week after we don't have the, after I, I didn't have to, to drink beer just to get through an episode with you two. <laughs> By the way, we, we may not all agree to recommend this movie, but I will tell you right now that you should try the Rogue Santa's Private Reserve 2021 Kringle Crusher and let me know what you think. And if you are listening, people who brew that beer, that's like the 10th time Tom has plugged it tonight. So throw a yeah. sponsorship our way. Send us, send us free, free cases. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Bye.